If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. It's no secret Yeti has some of the best and most durable gear out there. But when it came to hydration, they previously didn't have a great backcountry solution. Well, that all changed with their new Yonder water bottle. My Yonder covered the backcountry all across the West last season while chasing mule deer, elk, caribou, and more. It's about 50% lighter than their insulated Rambler, but still has that Yeti toughness. The best part is they've now got them in four different sizes, so you can pack the bottle perfectly fit for your hunt. To top it off, there's also great options for customization. You can check them out now at yeti.com. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome back to the Live Wild Podcast. This week is my annual Christmas special. This year, I'm going to dive into some holiday tradition with a Christmas story, then break down some great holiday recipes and give you 10 humorous tips for surviving the holidays hunter style. And of course, at the end, I'm going to offer up a few prizes to give away as well. So let's not waste any time and jump into the story of the Bugle Express. On Christmas Eve, many years ago, I lay quietly in my bed. I did not rustle the sheets. I breathed slowly and silently. I was listening for a sound, a sound a friend had told me I'd never hear in a general area or outside the month of September, the bugling of a bull elk. There are no elk here, my friend had insisted after getting no replies all season, but I knew he was wrong. Late that night, I did hear sounds, though not of a bugling bull. From outside came the sounds of hooves and rustling of canvas and leather. I looked through my window and saw a mule train standing perfectly still in front of my house. It was wrapped in an apron of steam and sweat off the mules. Snowflakes fell lightly around it. A wrangler stood in front of one of the saddled mules. He took a large compass from his blade orange vest, then looked up at my window. I put on my hunting boots and tiptoed downstairs and out the door. Saddle up! The wrangler cried. I ran up to him. Well, he said, are you coming? Where, I asked. Why, the thoroughfare, of course, was his answer. This is the Bugle Express. I took the reins and saddled up. The pack train was filled with other hunters, all in their camo clothes. We sang hunting songs and ate pack out bars. We drank gritty coffee as caffeinated as it gets. 
Outside, the lights of the towns and villages flickered in the distance as the Bugle Express raced northward. Soon, there were no more lights to be seen. We traveled through cold, dark forests where lean wolves roamed and white-tailed rabbits hid from our meal train as it thundered through the quiet wilderness. We climbed mountains so high it seemed as if we would scrape the moon. But the Bugle Express never slowed down. Faster and faster we rode along, rolling over peaks and through valleys like a car on a roller coaster. The mountains turned into hills, the hills snow-covered plains. We crossed the wilderness boundary, and a campfire appeared in the distance. It looked like the lights of a strange ocean liner sailing on the frozen sea. There, the wrangler said, is the hunting grounds. The hunting grounds. It was a huge wilderness standing alone at the top of the world filled with elk. And we saw no other hunters. We were gathering at the center of the meadow and the wrangler told us, that's where the elk caller will give the first gift of Christmas. Who will receive the first gift, we all asked. He will choose one of you. Look, shouted one of the hunters, the cows. Outside, we saw hundreds of cow elk. As our pack train drew closer to the center of the hunting area, we slowed to a crawl. So crowded were the meadows with elk. When the Bugle Express could go no further, we stopped and the Wrangler hitched our mules. We pressed through the small patch of timber to the edge of a large open glassing knob. In front of us stood the elk caller's bugle tube. The cow elk in the meadow were excited. They pranced and paced, mewing and calling. It was a magical sound like nothing I had ever heard. Across the meadow, the cow elk moved apart and the elk caller appeared. The elk mewed wildly. He marched over to us and pointing to me said, oh, let's have this fellow here. He jumped into the glassing vantage. The wrangler ushered me up. I grabbed the bugle tube and he asked, now what would you like for Christmas? I knew that I could have any gift I could imagine. But the thing I wanted most for Christmas was not in that meadow. What I wanted more than anything was one magic elk call from the elk caller. When I asked, the elk caller smiled. Then he gave me a fist bump and told the wrangler to grab a call from a saddlebag. The wrangler tossed it up to the elk caller. He stood holding the bugle tube and call high above him and let out a location bugle. The clock struck midnight as every bull elk in the distance returned their location with a bugle back. The elk caller handed the call to me and I put it in my pocket. The wrangler helped me down from the glassing knob and the elk caller bugled out the challenge bugle call and added in some cow sounds. His pack team charged forward and climbed into the air. The elk caller circled once above us and then disappeared into the cold, dark Wyoming sky. As soon as we were back inside the elk camp, the other hunters asked to see the call. I reached into my pocket, but the only thing I felt was a hole. I'd lost the call from the elk caller. Let's hurry outside and look for it, one of the hunters said, but the pack train gave a sudden lurch and started moving. We were on our way home. It broke my heart to lose the call. When the mule train reached my house, I sadly left the other hunters. I stood at my doorway and waved goodbye. The wrangler said something from the moving steed, but I couldn't hear him. What? I yelled out. He cupped his hands around his mouth. Merry Christmas, he shouted. 
The Bugle Express let out a loud stammer and galloped away. On Christmas morning, my little brother and I opened our presents. When it looked as if everything had been unwrapped, he found one last small box behind the tree. It had my name on it. Inside was the elk call. There was a note. Found this on the mountain. Fix that hole in your pocket. Signed, Mr. Elk Caller. I bugled with a call. It made the most beautiful sound my brother and I had ever heard. But my mother said, oh, that's too loud. Yes, said my father, it's not even September. But when I bugled, elk from miles away bugled in response. They couldn't help it. No matter the time of year, when they heard the call, they had to reply. Of course, there's a lot of awesome gear out there, but no gear's better than a magic elk call from the Bugle Express. I know people always wonder how I call in so many elk. I can't say whether I was the boy in that story or not, but I will say, oftentimes I do feel like I have a magic elk call. You know, when it comes to holiday time, there's a couple of things that are very important as a hunter, and one of those things is mealtime. This is the time that we get to share our harvest with our friends and family. And oftentimes we have family visiting that maybe is accustomed to or not accustomed to game meat. So during any holiday season, there's always two things that you throw down with, appetizers and the main. This year, I'm going to give you a couple of my favorite recipes that kind of go together in a way. They've got some similar flavor profiles. And one is going to be an appetizer, which is going to be our elk egg rolls. And then our main is going to be our elk tri-tip. So I'm just going to break it down. And I know when you're talking about a recipe, sometimes, you know, people can get bogged down in a recipe of like this amount of this and this amount of that. So I'm just going to, I mean, I've written down these recipes and you can find them on my website. But oftentimes I just make the thing and see how much I used of something if I'm going to write a recipe down. So a lot of this, you can actually freestyle. You just have to understand the basics of it. And it's super easy to make. Elk egg rolls is one of my favorites. It's one of the things that I, I'll show up with as an appetizer and make as an appetizer in our hunting camps. I'll make it around the holiday season. And it's just, they are gone in an instant. It's something a little bit different. And as long as you have ground venison or ground elk or whatever you want, any kind of ground wild game meat, or hey, maybe you just had tag soup, get some burger. Maybe borrow some ground meat from a successful neighbor hunter of yours, friend, whatever. This is uh, This is just a great appetizer. You know, we start out with about a pound of ground venison. A couple of the items that you're going to need, soy sauce, garlic salt. I like to use minced garlic. You can chop it up yourself or get the stuff that's already pre-minced in a jar. As we've got our Live Wild, for those of you that purchased our Live Wild spices, the, this, these two recipes go really well with our Bizarre Barbecue seasoning. So if you've got that seasoning, you're going to throw down an appetizer, maybe a main and the same thing this kind of flavor profile is in both of these. So I think that you'll really enjoy it as an appetizer and then in a main course it kind of pairs well together. So Live Wild Bizarre Barbecue Seasoning, if you've got it. Then in the egg rolls, super easy. I just get like a bag of pre-cut coleslaw. This is a little bit of a, a thing that's kind of maybe not in everybody's kitchen. It's in mine, but a fish sauce. It just adds like a, a little bit of extra special flavor. <laughs> if you just sniff fish sauce or try it by itself, is not a special flavor, but when mixed with things the right way, it can add a lot to a dish. And then some teriyaki sauce and some Thai sweet chili sauce. And then of course, a roll wrappers, some vegetable oil, and you'll need a little bit of water. Thing I do first is I start to brown that venison and we'll just add in a little bit of garlic salt. I'll also 
throw in that bizarre barbecue seasoning and you can just do it to to what it looks like for you you know a, a good coating of it's good the one thing about that bizarre barbecue seasoning is it doesn't have any salt added so the garlic salt is going to be your salt or you could just use bizarre barbecue seasoning and salt that's pretty much what i do but for those of you that don't have that i'd go with the garlic salt to season the meat and we're also going to mix in our minced garlic uh, just as we start to finish up browning the meat we're going to throw in some of that minced garlic maybe like I don't know, quarter teaspoon, half a teaspoon of minced garlic. It'd be like a couple of cloves. And then I would say also we'll probably throw in a little bit of teriyaki sauce if you've got that as well. Just about a tablespoon of teriyaki sauce. And then we just kind of let that finish browning and we're going to pull the meat off the heat and let it sit on the side. Now we're going to add the coleslaw to our hot skillet. And we're going to mix in some soy sauce. You could go like a good steady pour of soy sauce. And then we'll add the fish sauce. I would say very light on the fish sauce, like a half a teaspoon. This is a full bag of coleslaw mix. And then we're going to add in maybe a tablespoon of Thai sweet chili sauce. You don't want it to get too wet because we're going to start to cook this down. And you're going to cook everything until it's tender and just really mix it up. And then what we're going to do is we're going to add the ground meat and the coleslaw together. Now our filling for our egg rolls is done. We'll get out those egg roll wrappers. You just lay them out and then you just scoop on some of the meat and coleslaw, cooked coleslaw mixture into the wrapper. And then I like to do it where it's faced like a, I guess a diamond toward me. I'll roll the bottom up, the sides in, and then roll it out to the top. And then you seal it with, have a little bowl of water, dip your finger in the water, run it around the edges of the egg roll, and then seal it with the water. You can set it aside. And then once we finish all our egg rolls, then we're just going to add some vegetable oil to the skillet, bring it up to heat. I kind of just gauge the temperature on that, um, when the roll touches it, the oil starts to begin to bubble. So you can kind of sample it. And then we just add the egg roll and cook them till they're golden brown, pull them aside, put them on a plate with some paper towels to get that excess oil out. And then you can even maybe set it in your oven on a warmer setting just to keep it warm until they're all done. These are awesome. You can add in some extra dips or sauces, that Thai sweet chili sauce, if you got any of that leftover, put that in a, in a dish, maybe some of that soy sauce or some teriyaki sauce some great dipping sauces, set this out. It's an absolute crowd pleaser. And whether somebody likes wild game or not, you can't say no to an egg roll. Now we're gonna throw down with our main course. One of the things that I like to do is cook with a large piece of meat. One thing that's really popular out West, and I didn't, you know, growing up out West, I always thought that this was something that you ate. It's like the thing that we eat at every barbecue or go over to someone's house is tri-tip. But I think a lot of other places in the country don't eat tri-tip, which I learned as an outfitter and guy because we'd serve different varying tri-tips and people were like, I've never had this before. Like, how can you have not had tri-tip? I think it's becoming more popular other places now. But what the tri-tip is, is essentially the sirloin tip, the bottom of the sirloin kind of makes a triangle shape. But you're like, hey, I didn't butcher that way. I don't have a tri-tip. You can do it with any whole cut. So I'll do this often similar recipe with a backstrap with, you know, if you got like a larger tenderloin, Maybe you've got a whole sirloin or a whole round roast, whatever you've got, um, just a whole piece of meat. Now, I think that one of the secrets to a really good tri-tip is kind of your pre-prep. So you're marinade, marinating it and then tenderizing it. Now, and I like to tenderize it pre-marinade so it helps that marinade soak in a little bit faster, a little bit easier. And then also it makes that final product a lot more tender because you know, the sirloin's a great cut in my opinion, but it maybe isn't the most tender cut. So if you just tenderize it before your marinade, 
comes out perfect every time. And that's what a really good tri-tip generally does that. Now I found you can use a mallet, hammer it out. I found this, somebody gave this to me actually as a Christmas gift, probably 10 years ago, maybe, maybe longer. It's called an impressor. I'll try to put a link to it on my website so you can find it in the gear section. But I think you can find them on Amazon. It's like oh, 60, maybe something like that, little knife blades in this thing that you hit down and the, the blades go in almost like something that you would use. I mean, they have, um, if you're making like cube steaks or whatever, you can run it through and it's got the little blades, but you can do it on a whole piece of meat and it doesn't break it up so bad. So it really helps impregnate the meat with that marinade, but also breaks it down if you got that fascia connective tissue in between cut of meat or a larger roast it really breaks that down and makes everything palatable and tender so i think that that's uh that's one of my little secrets to my tri-tips everybody's got their own little thing now we're going to start with the marinade you're going to need some oil beef broth i'll use some honey rice wine and then some garlic and then if you've got some green onions chop those up and what we're going to do one of the things that i do a lot is my barbecue seasoning so if you've got that i definitely would add that it just takes it up another level if you don't have that you could always grate some some fresh ginger in there and then put some sesame seeds in as well so probably around a quarter cup of oil it doesn't really matter because it's a marinade you know a third cup of beef broth we just kind of go a, a little oil some beef broth and then about a tablespoon of honey a tablespoon of rice wine about three cloves of garlic and then chop up that onion and then maybe a, a quarter teaspoon of sea salt even though everything in there already has a little bit of salt and then probably two tablespoons of the bizarre barbecue live wild seasoning if you got that then the way i like to do my marinades if you've got a chamber vac sealer there's nothing better because you can actually vacuum seal liquids and it doesn't go all over the place it's like a a miracle of science if you don't have one of those just put it in some kind of container that you can seal it off from the rest of the world or a plastic bag and suck the air out, you know, just roll the air out. But in that chamber vaccine, a lot of times what I'll do when I'm butchering and I'm going to do a marinade, I'll just do a bunch of marinades and I'll tenderize and I'll marinate and then I'll actually let it sit for a couple of days and then throw it in the freezer. So I, summertime, whatever, I can just pull out a pre-marinated tri-tip, pre-marinated roast and throw it on the grill. It's, it's awesome. But once it's marinated, you can let it marinate for a day, a couple of days. It's all good either way. And then to cook it, there's a lot of different ways to cook a tri-tip. If you aren't familiar with it, you know, the kind of, if you got a, just a traditional grill, gas grill, whatever, sometimes what we'll do is we'll go hot and fast first to sear the outside, then wrap it in foil and let it slow cook at a lower temperature later. I kind of do the reverse because I've got a pellet grill. So I like to, I like to add a little bit of smoke. So I'll do, I've got a Traeger and I go super smoke like 225. If you have that option, I'll do that for maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes. Till the internal temperature is about 105. Then I crank it up to that hot temperature, like 475, and cook until it hits about 125. The thing about tri-tip is go off the internal temperature. Don't go off of time because wild game cooks pretty fast compared to beef. And even sometimes we'll, we'll do like a big beef tri-tip might take a lot longer than a smaller one. So just go off that temperature. You want it you want to be done at 125 or even 120. And then if you want the outside more browned, I'll actually remove it and reverse sear it in a hot cast iron skillet. So I'll pull it off about 120. Hot cast iron skillet, brown the outside. If I slow cooked it, sometimes I'll try to, or you can do it the reverse, brown the outside first, then let it cook. Then I'll wrap it in foil and probably just let it rest. A lot of times we'll let them rest in a Yeti cooler. 
and then we slice and serve. And it is one of my favorite ways to cook wild game for friends and family. It's one that we use throughout the year, but hey, the holidays is also a great time to enjoy a wild game tri-tip of your own. On this podcast, we often are pretty serious because I'm pretty serious about hunting, but the Christmas special is different. This is the time we get to relax. We get to put our feet up. We get to reflect on past seasons and enjoy the fruits of our labor as hunters. Hopefully you were successful. Hopefully you're eating some wild game, cooking it up and enjoying friends and family. But there's always those things during the holidays that, you know, might irk you. Some things that you might need to survive. And as hunters, we are ingrained in that survival spirit. So I have devised a list of 10 ways to survive the holidays as a hunter. The first one, let's say scenario one, annoying in-laws show up for an extended stay, maybe announced, maybe unannounced. What do you do as a hunter? Hey, no need to fear. Grab your tent, head to the backyard and set it up. You've got a spare room or a guest house already ready. And if they don't like it, they might not be your first choice next year. As hunters, we have a lot of guest house and we use them throughout the year. We can share stories of the times that we use that guest house on a mountain. And now it just happens to be our in-laws staying in the guest house. Number two, your wife asks you for something expensive for Christmas. You don't have to go out and go shopping. All you have to do is give her the paper out-of-state elk tag you didn't fill this season. It's like holding a crisp $1,000 bill in your hands. Number three, maybe you drank too much spiked eggnog. Yeah, your excuse is you didn't know it was spiked, but hey, whatever happens, we're already at that point. Step one, before you go to bed, full bottle of water with Hydrate and Recover. Step two, first thing you do when you wake up, also hit the Hydrate and Recover. I'm not telling you I know this from experience, but it's a tried and true method. Number four, you go to a relative's house, friends or family's house, and the food is terrible. As a hunter, you don't have to worry because during the holiday seasons, always prep your pockets full of venison jerky. It's an easy snack. You can run to the bathroom. You can go grab a drink and eat the jerky in between. Food on the table can go to the dog and the jerky in your pocket can go to your family. Number five, this is one that happens often this time of year. People seem to be a buzz driving around. Often winter conditions aren't great a lot of holiday shoppers, and you're stuck in traffic with screaming kids. You don't need to worry because already in my truck from the season is all the earplugs left over. So I've got some earplugs for myself, earplugs for my wife, stuck in traffic, screaming kids. Hey, don't hear it anymore. Number six, you're asked to wrap the presents. Well, if you're like me, wrapping presents doesn't look so good. Just do what I do, stick it in a game bag. Just don't forget to ask for those game bags back. Number seven, you show up to a holiday party and you didn't realize it was gift exchange. What do you do? Well, what I do is I dig around in my truck for all that loose ammo that's rattling around throughout the season. I put it in a baggie and that's the best gift anyone can really receive. Number eight, you have to dress up for a work party or other holiday function. Sometimes picking out clothes can be pretty hard, especially for me. What I do is I just grab my full camo kit and hunting boots because it's definitely the most expensive clothes I own. When somebody shows up with a $500 pair of shoes, so do I. Number nine, it's time to go caroling. Well, 
I can't sing worth a lick, but that doesn't mean that you should go all bah humbug on the event. Do what I do. Pick up a duck call and just call along. It's a lot of fun and you get to sound like a duck. Number 10, scenario number 10 for surviving the holidays. You're left at home while your family flies to Paris for the holiday. What do you do? You go to your room, you grab a Red Ryder BB gun and you defend your fortress. And that, my friends, is a wrap on our 10 ways hunters can survive the holidays. I hope you guys enjoyed that. You know, I like to do these holiday specials. It's just kind of a a light, fun thing around the holidays as we near Christmas time. One of the things that I also like to do around this time of year is give back to those of you that listen. So I like to do some special giveaways this time of year. It's really fun for me to be able to give out some of the best gear that's out there to hunters and those that have followed along in, in this kind of entire adventure. So thank you guys so much. For those of you that haven't already, I've got my 12 days of Christmas giveaway. If you haven't signed up yet, you've already missed out on quite a few amazing prizes. We gave away some Vortex Razor HD binoculars. We've given away MagView accessories. We've got Schnee's boots. We've had a lot of awesome giveaways, just to name a few. And there's still some incredible stuff up for grabs still. So we've got a Matthews bow. It's coming up. And we also, our grand prize on Christmas Day is going to be a full Stone Glacier kit, which includes a two-person tent, Chilkoot 15-degree sleeping bag, and a Sky 5900 pack. Those are some of the top-end gear out there. It's some of the best stuff you can get, and that's just an incredible prize. Someone's going to go home Christmas Day with a little added Santa bonus. So I'm really excited for that. If you haven't signed up for that, all you have to do, go to my website. There's a link there. Click on that. Unfortunately... And this is, it happens every time we do a giveaway. Unfortunately, it's for U.S. residents only. So I know we have a lot of awesome supporters in Canada and I'm trying to figure out a way to do a giveaway in Canada. It's actually not me that's choosing not to do it in Canada. It's the fact that Canada has so many laws and regulations that many of the prizes included in our package are not legal for giveaways. There's a lot of other rules and other things. So it's like the Canadian government has said, we can't do the giveaway. So I'm trying to figure out a way to do a special Canada only giveaway sometime in the future. Once I figure that out, Canada, it will be just you guys and you'll have way better odds of winning than anyone else. So, you know, it'll be a wash. But for right now, uh, this is the way the 12 days of Christmas giveaway is. And you know what, if you you can receive it in the US or have somebody else receive it for you, that's cool too. I'm I'm not telling you how to live your life. But if you want to enter and that happens, I'm, I'm cool with, you know, doing something like that. And for our Canadian listeners, gotta, you know, give a shout out to the great white North. Anyways, also, I was going to say too, if you're, if you guys are interested in some of the stone glacier gear, you know, you can always check out link on our website. I've got some of my, like my favorite gear kit assembled on their website. Um, they've got some incredible stuff. You know, if you got a little bit extra Christmas cash to spend, you know, maybe old grandma sent you a card with a, some money in it. This is the place to look. Also, you know, this is a good time of year. There's a lot of the sales may have gone, but there's always some good stuff coming out at the beginning of the year. I know one of the things that I always think about is trying to get some of that gear ahead of time, preseason. End of the year is a great time to do it. You know, Vortex has some incredible optics as well. You know, they've got also some awesome 12 days of Christmas flash sales going on right now. So 
I'm doing my 12 Days of Christmas giveaway. They've got their own 12 Days of Christmas thing going on. They've got some deals, some other stuff that's pretty awesome. So definitely want to check that out. You can check that out on their Instagram page, their Vortex 12 Days of Christmas. It's always good to just look around, see what might be out there as some holiday special. I know they got some awesome stuff still coming up. So the best is yet to come. Now, as always, I like to end my Christmas podcast with a special giveaway for podcast listeners. For those of you that have made it to the very end, you've listened, you're like, I listen every week and I listen to the whole podcast. This one's for you because the 12 days of Christmas giveaway is one thing. I've got just another giveaway for some listeners, exclusively for listeners. So I'm going to pick five winners and here's how it works. You don't have to say anything to anyone. I'm going to do a post on Instagram that's going to be about the Christmas special podcast, the first one that I do. If I do multiple ones, it's going to be a static post on my page. Okay, you're going to go in there and in the comments, I like to keep it, you know, a little on the sly. I don't want people just scrolling through Instagram to know what's going on, all right? This is this is a Live Wild podcast exclusive. So drop a comment about like with a, a mug, some kind of beverage, something along the lines of cheers, whatever, say something, put a, some kind of emoji on there that has a glass or something like that. Something that involves a drink of some kind, okay? I will pick five winners. Three, we'll get, we'll do a Live Wild spice kit. We'll do two Live Wild apparels and we'll do two Yeti yonder bottles. And those will be our secret podcast winners. So the odds will be pretty good, hopefully. There'll be other people leaving comments, but and you can even mention something about a drink, like anything you want to do that involves that. A cup, a mug, a drink, a whatever. That's how you enter. And then I'm just going to randomly pick five winners for that very shortly after. So we'll do it on like, I'll pick them like Friday. So if you didn't listen to this podcast on Thursday, I'll pick them like, yeah, Saturday. We'll go Saturday. We'll go till Saturday. We'll give you a little bit of time. You can't be one of these guys like listens every Saturday. And you're like, Damn it, I missed out again. So that will be my Live Wild Christmas gift to you guys. Pick some winners for that. Thank you guys so much again for all the support over the years. The greatest gift you guys give me back is just the support that I receive, you know, the messages that I get, people saying they enjoy the podcast and the success that you guys have had over this past season. You know, that always fires me up and gets me pretty excited. You know, I'm just one of those people that loves hunting, loves talking hunting, loves talking to people about hunting. And I love when I see the success that people are getting because of listening to this podcast and the tips and tactics that you guys take home throughout the year. So Merry Christmas to you and your families. Have a blessed day and enjoy the season outside of the hunting season. Or maybe it is the hunting season. Go on a holiday hunt. That's what I'm doing. My wife and I are going to go on a special Christmas hunt, I think. So enjoy the holidays and Merry Christmas to all and to all. A good night.